Hello, ladies and gentlemen. The battle lines are drawn. On this episode of Allocution, we tackle the possible overturn of Roe versus Wade. Get ready. Politics. And we will make America great again. Thank you, Georgia. Thank you very much. God bless you. God bless you all. Controversy. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Wow. I can't. You can't? Mm, not in okay. this context. So I'm you not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition. Spirituality. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. Welcome to Allocution. Uncompromising talk from a libertarian conservative Christian perspective that pulls no punches and plays no favorites with your host David G. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode four of Allocution. 
entitled Not Your Body, Not Your Choice. And uh, what you were listening to in the opening of this podcast were the original arguments for the Roe v. versus Wade case in 1973. And just in case you like I do, I did, you want to know where you can go actually look up all the information regarding this case from the Supreme Court itself. Uh, the case number is 410.US113. And I will also post uh, the uh, website. Well, it's, it's actually law.justia.com. That's Justia, J-U-S-T-I-A, where you can find the original notes all about the decision and the arguments for and against an original audio recorded from the arguments in the court from the case in 1973. And most people just like so much regarding this issue, the average person is so unaware of the particulars and the details of this case and they don't know that there was actually another case uh, there was a landmark abortion case as well which was doe versus bolton and it basically said that abortion could be allowed for reasons of financial mental and physical health reasons all the way up to nine months and the number one thing that people are so ignorant of this case Roe v versus Wade is Roe versus Wade did not give the woman a right to an abortion there is no such thing there is no such right delineated in the Constitution of the United States of America Roe versus Wade gave the woman, the right of privacy to have the medical or any medical procedure with her doctor without state interference. So to this very day, regardless of the fact that abortion is legal in America, the Constitution and Roe versus Wade did not give anyone the right to abortion it gave the woman the right of privacy as it was argued from to judge justice blackburn that made the decision in 1973 and What is really this is something that I discovered years ago when I was in college, because back when I was in college, I did several, several stories on the issue of abortion. And I back then in the which is the 1990s, I will date myself. I got to know the president then of NARAL, which is the um, National Abortion Rights Action League here in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio. And I also got to know Janet Folger, who is the chief legal 
counsel for Ohio Right to Life. So I knew higher ups on both sides of the issue. And every time there would be a law uh, that would be proposed in our area, I would go speak to both of them to get their objective opinions on their side and what they how they how they viewed the law and what they thought about it from both the so-called pro-choice and the pro-life side of the aisle. But one of the things that I found out that most people do not know about this issue is that first of all, there's no such person as Jane Roe. Jane Roe was a fictitious name given to Norma McCarvey or McCorvey, Norma McCorvey, who was the one who brought the state of Texas uh, to the Supreme Court. She sued them for the right to have an abortion because it was illegal in the state of Texas at the time. And Norma McCorvey was not an honest woman by any means. She had so many issues and when you hear this little montage clip I'm going to pay you, play you, you will get an idea of the erratic nature and the tumultuous life of Norman McCarvey at the time in the 1970s. I've cheated people out of money. I've sold drugs. I... You know, I, I, used, I, was, I was an abusive alcoholic for, you know, many, many years. Um, I've done a lot against his teachings. Um, but I, I think the far greater sin that I did was to be the plaintiff in Roe versus Wade. I'm Norma McCorvey, the former Jane Roe of the Roe versus Wade decision that brought legal child killing to America. I was persuaded by feminist attorneys to lie to say that I've been raped and I needed an abortion. It was all a lie. Since then, over 50 million babies have been murdered. I will take this burden to my grave. So, as you can see, Norma McCorvey, as I said, led a very tumultuous, pretty much lost life before she, she found salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And... Uh, another shocking fact that most people probably don't even know is that Norma McCorvey actually never had an abortion. No, she basically uh, had her child. So here we have it, ironically, that the woman who is the who was used as basically the poster child for abortion by the so-called pro-choice movement never even had the abortion herself. And as she turned to Christ, she basically turned away from abortion, not all the way, because she still believed in the quote unquote right to abortion within the first trimester of pregnancy, uh, the first three months. But after that, she believed that it was actually um, putting a human being, a child to death. And she renounced it after that point. Now, I would need to do a little more research. I don't know before she died. I don't know, necessarily know if her view completely 100 percent changed to where she was against abortion um, period from the moment of conception. I can't say that, but I can say that her opinion about the issue 
ultimately it really did evolve and she you know though she she claimed and said she wouldn't allow anybody even the pro life movement you know use her you know as a poster child or a mascot if you will but she did become a much stronger voice uh with the pro-life movement and she became very good friends with the notorious randall terry who ran operation rescue uh who was he had his face and his image plastered all over the media in you know the 1980s uh due to his protests outside abortion clinics so she became a pretty pretty much vocal um, opponent of abortion in general, despite her stance that it, in her opinion, it was allowable within the first trimester of pregnancy. And again, the number one thing that I just really just what bothers me about this about this whole issue this is that most people. When it comes to it, they don't even know what they're talking about when you speak on the subject of abortion. And of course, now that the Supreme Court uh, leak has occurred and everyone is up in arms because many people believe that if Roe versus Wade is overturned, as it is set to be overturned, if everything goes right, if they don't intimidate the, you know, the conservative justices from interchanging their minds, it should be overturned later this month because, uh, well, June coming up in just a few days. But people don't understand what will happen if that actually occurs, many people believe that Roe versus Wade, once it's overturned, if it is overturned, will make abortion illegal and it will be banned in every state in the union. And that is completely not true. What will happen in that case, if it is overturned, that means the issue will go back to the states. It will become a state's rights issue as it should have been in the beginning. And that means that if any state wants to completely ban abortion, then guess what? They will be allowed to do so with no interference from uh, the federal government or the Supreme Court statutes. And there are several states that have already said that they will completely ban abortion once Roe v. Wade is Overturn, And I'm happy to say that my state, Ohio, is one of those states. And from what I understand, there are there is so there's at least 12 states, if not more, that says that they're standing ready to do so. But of course, there's other states that are stepping forward to say that they will actually become abortion sanctuary states. And of course, if you know anything about politics in this country, the first two states that should come to mind should be California and New York. Okay, New York already, as we speak, actually allows abortion even after birth. Yes. Believe it or not, you need to look up that statue. Yes. If a woman after giving birth says that the presence of that child brings her mental stress or mental duress, they can actually let the child die. 
And they've admitted it even on the news where the guy sits or he can see said, well, the child will be kept comfortable. Let me tell you something. That's what they did to my brother before he when they gave up on him and he was about ready to pass away. We're going to keep you comfortable. So in other words, they'll shoot the baby up with drugs and basically either starve it to death or kill it on their own. And if you want to be a part of that, then I all I have to say for you is may the Lord have mercy on your soul. But as I state, as I stated, if Roe versus Wade is overturned, that does not mean that abortion will be banned uh, throughout the country. No, it will be up to each individual states to decide the laws they want to enact regarding this issue. And the next thing that truly, really bothers me about people when they stand outside of these clinics and they stand there going, oh, woman's right to choose and blah, blah, blah. Guess what? Most of these people, if they have to write you a one page paper, just a one page paper about the different types of abortion, about what the procedure actually entails and how it's done. Sadly, even the women who themselves have actually had the procedure could not tell you anything about how it is actually done. They couldn't give you the medical names of the procedure, how long it takes, uh, the risks involved, uh, the particulars and the details. Nothing. They couldn't tell you anything about how about um, abortion itself. They couldn't tell you. But still yet here, you know, they they're out here screaming their lungs out to protect it. And they're saying that it's their right. But today I'm going to give you a primer into abortion. One of the most popular forms of abortion today is vacuum aspiration abortion. A vacuum aspiration abortion is used during the first trimester of pregnancy, which is the first uh, 12 weeks. And it is the most common surgical abortion procedure today. According to the Centers for Disease Control and the D Disease Prevention, about 91% of women have abortions at 13 weeks of pregnancy or less. So basically, that means that this is the most popular form of abortion. And some clinics use vacuum aspiration, this, the vacuum aspiration procedure up to 14 to 16 weeks after the first day of the last period. The procedure takes about 10 to 15 minutes to perform. Manual aspiration involves the use of a specifically designed syringe to apply suction. And when using a machine vacuum, a thin tube called a cannula is attached to the tubing to a bottle and a pump, which provides the vacuum. And then the cannula is put into the uterus and the pump is turned on. And basically, just to put it in flat out raw language, it's as though you put a vacuum into into the woman's um, cervix, into the woman's uterus, and basically you suck out the child. I mean, imagine an infant there, you know, in what should be the safest place and the warmest place for that child to be. He or she is sucked through the uterus with a tube. And 
as I read this description for, from you, which comes from um, WebMD, it says that and, and tissue is removed from the uterus. Tissue. That's not tissue. That's pieces of an actual baby, an actual human being. And then they also use may you all, they also may use a cervical dilator, which is inserted into the cervix the day before the procedure to open the cervix. And then then they give you antibiotics to prevent infection because infection um, is one of the key primary risks of having an abortion. And it can be dangerous, if not deadly. And it can really do a number on your internal organs, on your reproductive organs. And for this cause, many women, after they've had maybe two, two or three abortions, and some even one are unable to conceive or it would be very dangerous for them to carry a pregnancy to full term because they've had uh, an abortion. The next type of abortion is the DN DNC abortion, and it's usually performed between 12 and 15 weeks of pregnancy. During a DNC abortion, current instruments are used after a vacuum aspiration to remove anything left in the uterus. So basically, after they've vacuumed out the pieces of the child, they go in there and they pretty much scrape out. Uh, they basically suck out what's left after they've used the current instruments to tear the baby to pieces. And they go in and then they suck out what is left of the child. Uh, DNC abortion takes about 10 to 15 minutes to perform. Just 10 to 15 minutes to end a human life. And a DNC abortion is usually performed between 12 and 15 weeks of pregnancy. And once you're beyond 16 weeks of pregnancy, the clinic or hospital will typically perform a DNE abortion. Your cervix needs to be prepared before the procedure. So the provider will insert dilating sticks called Laminaria into your cervix the day before a DNA abortion. On the day of a DNA abortion, numbing medication is used and your cervix will be stretched open further with dilating rods. This is done since the baby is, and I'm going to call it a fetus, I'm going to call it a baby, since the baby is larger and it needs more room to pass your uterus. The provider, the provider uses a combination of suction cruets and forceps to complete the abortion and they're not going to tell you that basically um those those forceps are like tongs and they're used to crush the child's head and then they can use a vacuum suction to suck out the child's brains and they're using that they're basically ripping the child's body apart using the vacuum suction to suck out the body parts. I'm not going to use the clinical language that they're using here. I'm going to tell you the down and dirty of what's being done. And then they send you home with medication and antibodies. But of course, you get no psychological help to deal with what you have done. And what are the risks associated with abortion, which is something that, you know, you're never told by Planned Parenthood, you're never told by the pro-choice side, but the risks are life-threatening infections, as I said before, 
pelvic, infl- pelvic inflammatory disease, hemorrhaging, which is excessive bleeding. Uh, you need to see the movie Unplanned, the story of Abby Johnson. That movie got an R rating because it showed the excessive bleeding that happened in her vagina after she took the RU486 pill and her tub was full of blood. And it was one of the most graphic scenes I've seen in, in years of watching, you know, violent movies. So, it was very frank, it was very explicit, and it deserved an R rating, but I'm glad they didn't cut that scene out because that scene tells you the ugliness and the danger of abortion. And moving on, the uh, the next risk uh, that comes up with abortion is a complete incomplete abortion because a lot of times these people are not well-trained and they may leave actually pieces of the child inside the woman's womb which can cause all kinds of problems, as you can imagine. And then they have to go in and clean up what was uh, unfortunately and mistakenly left behind. And as I said before, abortion can cause all manner of infertility problems. Yeah, you may not be you may not be able to get pregnant. And if you are able to actually conceive and get pregnant, then it may be extremely dangerous for you to carry a child to full term. And then, of course, the other side effects, if you will, that you no longer hear, that you never hear about is the mental health challenges. Um, there's something that's going to be called abortion syndrome, where, you know, I've heard all kinds of stories about, you know, everything from just clinical depression to women actually believing, hearing, you know, you know, child, children, babies crying around their beds. And every time they would see a child, they would go into depression. And the bottom line is what people need to understand. I think most women need to understand, especially if they have these abortions when they're young, like when they're a teenager or early twenties. And, and this is just a fact of life period. What I tell anybody that I'm ever become friends with that are in, you know, their early twenties is, in another 10 years, when you're over in your getting to your 30s and beyond, you are going to start to look at so many things different in your life. You're going to change some of your paradigm of your values of what you believe here. You may believe something so staunchly and strongly when you're 18 or in your early 20s. But by the time you've lived a little, you get into your 30s, you may do a complete an utter turnaround on so many issues where you thought you'd never change your mind. And imagine if you were this staunchly pro-choice person that gleefully had an abortion. And I see, use that word today because everybody's talking about shout your abortion. There's that stupid female comedian talking about, abortion, I salute you. And I want to slap her upside her head, you know. But you could be that my body, my choice staunch person in your early 20s in your late teens and guess what by the time you hit 30 you find a husband that you love and want to be with you try to carry a child maybe you miscarry a child and you realize that you know that wasn't just a clump of cells that was a a a forming human being and guess what if you've had that abortion and you realize oh my god they were right I actually allowed someone to go into my uterus and to kill my baby. Imagine the guilt that's going to come upon a person if they do that sort of introspection and end up repenting, if you will, in that manner. Imagine 
the depression, the guilt, the recrimination. I mean, I would say being a believer in Jesus Christ, I would say you need to turn to Jesus Christ and in sincere repentance. He's waiting there to forgive you, to not to condemn you, even though you've allowed a horrible crime to be committed inside your own uterus. But he is more than faithful and willing to forgive you. And then you need professional mental health to deal with your grief, to deal with your um, trauma, to deal with depression and to deal with um, the the guilt involved. But, you know, these are things that you're just, you're never were you're never warned about by, you know, the pro-choice movement. They don't tell you that. They tell you that, no, it's just a clump of cells. It's not a life. This is your right. What you do to do, do, do with, quote unquote, your own body and um, the number one thing. This is it's, it's your right and it's your choice. But they don't tell you the consequences of those choices. And that's the number one thing that at any age, anyone in any situation your actions are going to bring about consequences and you may not be able or willing to deal with the consequences of allowing someone to murder a child in your womb when those consequences come on you. And for those of you out there who really resent the title of this, that's why I said it, not your body, not your choice, because scientifically, this isn't about your body. This is about the baby who has his own DNA signature. He or she are their own person. They have a separate body, separate DNA, separate, separate heartbeat, separate, separate organs from you. So it is not your body. It is the baby's body I'm concerned about. And because that child resides within your uterus, which is in your body, that does not give you the quote unquote right to kill it. No, it does not. And you can argue with that um, all day if you want to. But this that's not a thing of value. That is also a scientific fact. The child has its own DNA. So it has a body that is separate from yours. So this goes beyond so-called bodily autonomy far beyond it. And that gets to the basic other point that I wanted to do make in this podcast. And the number one thing that I would say is, and of course, pro-life, pro, I mean, pro-choice people, they're just too afraid to admit this because they want to keep things as they are. But the Roe v. the Roe versus Wade decision is some of the most wor- terrible case law uh, ever. It's one of the worst decisions ever. And not because I don't agree with the outcome. Because it didn't deal with the true issues of abortion and the true really issues of abortion is not just the privacy of a woman or a man or anybody to have a medical procedure, uh, you know, and discuss it only with their 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 um, physician. The core issue of abortion is, number one, when does life begin? When is that entity entity that has been now fertilized with the egg, I mean, with the sperm, when is that actually a life? And then from then on, then we deal with the issue of the personhood of the fetus, the baby, the child. When does that become a person? 
And if we decide, and I'm sure that the left doesn't want to deal with it, because if we send that, send this whole case back to the Supreme Court to deal with these issues, if they decide that, you know, we believe and science proves that life actually begins when the sperm hits the egg at conception. And if that is um, proven and and dealt with legally, then that means that the child, by what we understand life is, then becomes a person. And I don't know about the rest of the world, but a life and a person in America is obviously covered by the Constitution of the United States. And the very first right that the Constitution gives us all is the right to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness so if the supreme court were to take this case back and decide that life begins at conception and therefore the baby has personhood and legal status as a person in the country then the child is covered by the constitution and then he has the right to life And that would make abortion completely unconstitutional, which it should have been decided decades ago. And then abortion truly, probably federally, would be completely outlawed in the United States of America because it would be considered unconstitutional. And of course, I'm not not an expert on the Constitution and constitutional law, but if the Supreme Court ever decided that, then I think states' rights wouldn't even trump that because if something is, is deemed unconstitutional on the federal level, I believe that that would cover all the states and no state would be allowed to legally um, legally allow abortion in within its borders because abortion would be the unconstitutional um, deprivation, if you will, of life of the child. And really, the bottom line is if this whole case should go back to the courts and let them. Let them deal with these issues. When does life begin and when, if ever, does the fetus have personhood covered under the Constitution? And then there's no ambiguity. But today, people don't know where they stand on abortion because no one really understands for sure when life actually begins. And that's why so many people don't want Roe v. versus Wade. Last last I checked, the poll said 69 percent don't want it overturned. But that's because they don't know that life begins at conception because and that's bared out because most statistics and most surveys of of Americans say that the further along the child is in development, that's when people start to back away from abortion. And no one really supports, you know, abortion in the last trimester or the last month, the last few weeks before, because they believe that that is now a fully formed life and you're killing it. The only reason why the pro-choice movement gets away with all this stuff is because we can't prove to them, even though there's much there's there's enough science to prove it. When you look at um, fetal development and you look at the ultrasound and all that, you know that that's a life. And that's why this really needs to go back to the court so it can be proven. And for once and for all, the child growing in that womb can get and enjoy the right to life and the personhood in the United States of America under 
the United States Constitution. And once that's done, all bets are off. The controversy's over. Game over. So that's why I say that, you know, this case needs to go back to the court so we can decide these things legally once and for all and give that child the rights that it deserves under the Constitution in the sight of God. Yes, I said God in the United States of America and the scourge and genocide of abortion can be laid to rest once and for all. I pray for and I long for that day. Thank you for watching. I'm sorry, I'm used to doing a show before the camera. Thank you for listening to this episode of Allocution. Coming up next, we're going to sadly deal with the Uvalde, Texas school shooting. <laughs>